But what an awesome morning. I'm excited. I'm going to get right to it because I have about an hour and a half of stuff that I want to talk about here. So we're going to lock in. You know, we're just going to eat. After. I'm not going to talk an hour and a half. Some of your faces went like. I'm just saying I could talk a long time. So we're going to get rolling. And this morning we're going to be talking about the blessing of money. We've been talking through our heart for the house, our vision, changing lives, developing leaders, sharing the love of Jesus everywhere the last three weeks. We're going to be looking at personal finances today, what the Word of God speaks about personal finances. And my prayer is that you are blessed, our illustration, that it visually makes sense. And whether you're in the house and you say, man, money's awesome and God's good, or whether you're like, we're just trying to pay the bills and keep the car running and whatever side you're on, I believe this is going to be practical and helpful today to say, are we honoring God with our money and are we experiencing the blessing that God wants to pour out upon his church? The blessing of money. We're going to start by looking at four areas or things that money kind of shows us. And then we're going to get into our pipes illustration and uh, have a great time. So we're going to fly through the beginning portion to be sure that we have adequate time uh, at, towards the end. And we'll go a little after 12. I'm just going to warn you. May 12, 15. That's where, where we're going to shoot to land the plane today and uh, looking forward. But first today is we realize that money, money is a window into the goodness of God. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. When we realize that our life, everything is a gift from the Lord, everything, our health, our being alive, the breath that we take, that when he entrusts us with finances, that that is a gift. In fact, in an area like Dublin, Ohio, in this church, there is a high percentage of people that would be, if you take the world and economic level or like the, the number of percentage, would be at the very, very top, high 90 percentile. When we go to Africa, we see people that live in houses that in America you would not probably like keep a horse in, just being real. And they're happy as can be. They're, they're not sad. They're happy about. And when we think of life, we realize that money is a gift. When we're in Africa, I've never seen people so content and joyful. And in fact, I always feel bad because we go and the people there will give their best food to feed the Americans, right? And we're like, you don't need to give us anything. Don't do that. But the church in Africa, the church around the world, people, whether it's a lower economic class or a higher or whatever percentile we're in, we begin to realize that money is a gift. It shows us of the goodness of God. And we see that it has a lot more to do with our mindset than it does if we are a millionaire or not. In fact, the Word of God would say that when we are rich, it's way more difficult to inherit the kingdom of God. When we're rich, it's way more difficult to love and to care in the same way. When we're rich, so a lot of times what our goal is becomes actually something that we realize isn't the goal. My goal is, Lord, I want to walk in you and I want every moment to be a moment I see your goodness. And when it comes to money, you have a lot, praise him, the goodness of God. You have a little, but you're eating the goodness of God. He pours himself out upon us. And we may not all live in the same size house or in the same community or eat the same things or have the same free time or entertainment. But church, the goodness of God is in your life. 
And I believe that we're going to continue here to see that he wants to pour himself out upon you in even greater ways. I want to remind us, even when money is tight, we are reminded of our dependence on our good heavenly father. He hasn't abandoned us, but no, we get to remember, Lord, you continue to take care. You continue to help. You continue to show me the way. You continue to give me the wisdom. So money is a window into the, good, uh, the, window into the goodness of God. Second, money is a window into what rules your heart. Luke 12, 34 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If we just pulled out our checkbook, my wife and I, it's all online so we could pull it up. And even worse, our Costco credit card, which I love our Costco credit card because we're about to get a large check for the rewards from this year. And we're pretty, pretty pumped about that. But when we pay on that credit card, it's got this little graph and it shows you what you spent your money on. It shows you your entertainment. It shows you your food. It shows you at different sorts of places and it, it blocks it together. But if we even went lower than that, we would be able to see what we value, what we care about, what rules our heart. For Rachel and I, we love having people in our home. In fact, Pastor Dave and Kay, they're sitting right up here. And since I was four years old, minus college when I was there and a year that my wife and I, the first year we got married, I've lived in the house I live in and my dad actually built the house that, we're lived, that we live in now. Not, they're not there anymore, in case you're worried. They have their own house now. They sold it to us. But when they built our house, it was a really cool uh, just thing how it went because he actually built the house with his own hands. Like he built it. He roofed it, he framed it, he did all those things. And if he didn't have the skill, then he would either hire or recruit volunteers that did have the skill to help him accomplish it. If you can believe this, I believe this is the right number. He built our house in 1988, I believe, for like $56,000. 65, I'm sorry, I lowered it just a little. $65,000, an 1,800 square foot house with a basement, with septic system, all the stuff that had to go in. Anybody wish we could buy or do that today? Like, come on, that would be, that would be amazing. Uh, those days are gone. In fact, Rachel and I value people in our home. We value that, that a few years ago, we decided that we were going to add on to our home and make our living space, our kitchen, just bigger so we could easily have 30 people. We could have 40 people in our house. In fact, last year for a Christmas party, we had 40 people at one huge long table. One table was like 10 eight-foot tables, but they all fit. We could do it. We value people being in our home, and we were willing, I'm just going to say, to spend way more than $65,000 in our house because we wanted to use our house for the glory of God. And we said that's a valuable thing to us. So you'd say, wow, you spent more than that on your house to upgrade, to make more space. And each one of us, you could look and say, what do I value? You could open your pocketbook, add it up and say, okay, I value vacation or I value uh, something that's just been on my heart recently, a boat. I was thinking about this. I love the idea of having a boat. Like that would be really cool. I don't ever plan to own a boat, just in case you're wondering. I'm never going to own one. But I like the idea of it. But then you think and you say, you know what's wrong with a boat in Ohio? You could use it like four months, really, five. I mean, you could do six, but I don't even like to fish. Like what I do with a boat, I don't even know. I guess tubing. But if you've ever skied, skiing's really fun for about a minute. And then your legs are so on fire because it's so hard to do. 
right? Like you realize, but when we buy things and put money into things, all of a sudden we say, oh, a boat is more than the 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever, 5,000, a, a, a cheaper one or a used one. But then you have to pay for repairs and you have to pay to dock it and you have to pay to put it up in the winter and you have to pay for gas, which did you know that boats use a lot of gas? It costs a lot of money. All of these things add up. And so often our values come out and we say we spent a lot of money on and what do we do with it? And if you have a boat in the room, I use this joke too often, but it seems only right that you should take your pastor out on the boat with you. We could have a really great prayer time. That way I don't need a boat. You, you know, we could work that out. I think that's good. But our value, and if we do, and when we do own things, what do we do with that? Is my boat, or is our house, once again, I don't have a boat, but is your boat, or is my house, is this something where now we just made this, and we do not want the floors to get scratched, so no one can come on my, in my house, or no one could come on my boat because something's going to happen. Or do we say, we want every person we can get in our house. And if our floors have scratches, in fact, this Christmas at our Christmas party for our pastors and board, there was a chair or two that just did not do well with our floors. And now we have grooves in our floor. And you know what? I either would walk by them and be upset or you know what I do? I'm like, that's people that have been in our house. And you know what we did that night? We worshiped Jesus. We celebrated him. We looked to the future. And that's not a problem, but instead it's a value. Get people in our lives, in our home. That's a celebration every time I go by it. Now, if my kids get a knife and just cut the floor, that feels a little bit different. <laughs> not that I'm saying that's ever happened, but I'm not sure it could have happened. Right? What do we value? Money is a, a real window into that. Your desires for and use of money will help you see what is battling for the rulership of your heart. Am I sharing what God has done? Am I bringing people into those areas? And I want to be real clear. I have no problem with the boat. Like if God blesses you with the boat, use that boat to bless others, to pour into people, to be recharged in the Lord. Praise God. But Am I so bogged down in the stuff I have and or in the house payment or in the things or in my sweet car or whatever that all of a sudden I can't really do what God would ask me to do? What's ruling me? Is it a tool or is it ruling me? So money is a window uh, into the goodness of God, into what rules your heart. Third, into the dangers of the fallen world. First Timothy 6, 9, and 10 say, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. The desire to have money, the desire to be rich is not who we're called to be. The word of God would say that you fall into temptation if that is our desire. Now, I've heard Pastor Dave, and I pray, I just want to be sure that you know, that we pray that God will bless his church. We pray that God will bless his people. We pray that God will create people who have abundance in money so that they can use that money to fund the kingdom of God, to fund what God is doing, to pour forward and to move forward the goodness of who he is. There's no problem if God blesses you and you would be put in the rich category. But is my goal, I just want to be rich and I'm going to do anything it takes to be rich. Because if that's the case, then we normally walk on people, we step on people, we do whatever we have to do to get to that level. We hoard for ourselves. 
We can either be a container where all of our, what God gives us just sits. And that would include our spiritual walk. We come experience God on a Friday night worship time or a Sunday morning, and then we just hoard it. No one gets any of what God's doing in my life. Or we're a conduit, and our money, our life, our whoever we are, we are a conduit to say, God, you're going to move in my life. I'm going to let you move, and you're going to be glorified. So I don't desire to be rich, but Lord, I would pray that his church would be blessed. I would pray that you are blessed and that you walk in a healthy manner in your finances. And that means the kingdom of God. That means neighbors. That means friends. That means people on the other side of the world are going to come to experience him because you've been faithful with what God has blessed and poured out. The struggle with money in each of our hearts is a constant reminder that we still live in a danger zone. I believe money is something where we can have the heart of God for a season, but it's easy when, there's a, when something happens in a, a way in our money, maybe a job loss or, or our car dies when it wasn't supposed to and we still owe 10000 on it or whatever it might be. Lord Jesus, it's a struggle in my life. So Lord, I'm going to be reminded and I'm going to not fall like the world, look at money like the world, but I'm going to trust my God. The fourth one is money can connect you to the work of the bigger kingdom. And at Radiant Life Church, as long as I've been alive, Pastor Dave and Kay launched this church in 1980. I was born in 1984. They have made it a habit of this house to give 10% or more to missions. What we would see in the Word, and we're going to talk about, it's what we do. When we come as a church, we're going to give away. And our goal is to be closer to 15% or 20%. That's where we would like to be closer. Pastor Rachel and myself. We believe God. We want to fund the kingdom of God. So we're going to give and pour out what you've given us. In fact, Lord, would you bless? We'll take it. I don't play the lottery. I think that's a waste of money. But I tell them, Lord, if there's a lottery ticket on the ground and you want me to win, I will go turn that baby in to fund the kingdom of God. Not wasting money on it. But if, if you do that for me, I'll be happy to do it. Why? Because God, we want to see the kingdom of God expand. And Lord, you bring blessing. And blessing includes hard work. It includes faithfulness. It includes, Lord, I'm going to do what you've called me to do. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. And Lord, we're going to see the goodness of God glorified. We're going to see his kingdom expanded because his church, because we understand that money is a way for us to connect with the bigger kingdom, to see people come to know him. Pastor Dave always said, I've heard it, I feel like hundreds of times at least, If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And I believe when it comes to money, when my heart is one of, Lord, I pour out my love, I pour every part of me to you, that God shows up and he helps, he reveals, he takes care. And once again, I'm not talking about being rich or not being rich. I'm talking about when we come into every moment, my heart is tuned to his. And I all of a sudden say, you know what, Lord, this is all yours anyways. If you really want my car's engine to die, then I know you're going to figure out how to fix it. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about some wisdom and some ways to take care and to be ahead and and know what God has, some biblical principles. But Lord, you've got it and you're going to get it uh, to me if if I can get it through me or you can get it through me. So Lord, I want to be a conduit for the kingdom of God growing from how I live, how I serve, how I act, and even how I, or maybe, maybe biblically, even especially how I give to support the kingdom and the work of God. Now this morning we're going to 
turn our heart for the rest of this time onto an illustration that I, I saw a pastor friend, Santharp, do, and then Pastor Dave has done it. It's been a, a, maybe a decade. It's been a while. But I believe that it's such a practical way to just see and to uh, explain uh, maybe just some healthy habits of finances. Now today you may not, okay, you probably did not expect to have a little mini finance class here to end service, but that's where we're going to go. But I believe it's more than a, oh, this is a help for you. I believe that money is a huge part of discipleship. All of those things we just said, if our heart is right before God, then he blesses and can bless in different areas in different ways. And so today I pray that you would be encouraged, that you would be blessed as we just talk through some different practical tools that I believe can help bring freedom to your life. There's a brand new Financial Peace University. They're, uh, I think, a quarter of the way through it right now. And some people have come up and been like, this is just mind-boggling. Like the things you can learn and grow and to, to be a little tighter now, but to have freedom later on. Like it's just life-changing when we understand biblical principles of money. So today we're going to look at that. On the stage you can see we have larger pipes, smaller, smaller, smaller. These pipes are going to represent 10%, 5% of our income, what we would have, 2% and 1% today. So that's kind of where we're going to go. And as we would start through that journey, I think the first thing that all of us get to experience, and I'm going to put it first, because for many of us, you get a paycheck, and what is taken out of that paycheck, that whether you like it or not? taxes. We all have the benefit and honor and privilege of paying taxes. I think Jesus said it something like that in Matthew twenty two twenty, which means if you say, I don't want to pay taxes, why did Jesus have to go here? I don't know, but he did. And when they asked him, do we have to pay taxes to Caesar? Says, and Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said Caesar's. Then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. What's he saying? If you have to pay taxes, you have to pay taxes. So in our world, I would say a good solid 20% is not enough, unfortunately. That would be great. Uh, I would say 25% probably not good enough. Uh, it's probably going to be what might, we might say 28%. That's the number we're going to use today. Yours might be a little higher, a little lower. Uh, that's okay wherever you'd be, but we're going to call 10, 25, 8, right? 28% of our income is taxes just to start. We have the joy and the privilege of paying for our streets and our roads. In fact, right now, I'm really bummed about it because we have the joy and privilege of a three-year construction project right out front of the church building that we get to pay taxes on and to, to see happen, right? Taxes. They're a blessing, are they a blessing? I'm not sure. They're a curse. They're something. They're somewhere in that place. But we get to receive of certain government things because, and we don't have any choice. They just have to happen. So don't cheat on your taxes because it will go bad for you, right? Just don't do that. That's not a good idea. We're not going to spend any more time. Pay your taxes. The second thing that for Rachel and myself and biblically that I think is so valuable is that we need to see what God would say. What is he speaking? Malachi 3.10 says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more 
need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. All of those good things, the devourer being gone, all of them happen when we bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. There's something about a blessing that is released biblically uh, all throughout this principle of tithing, this principle, the tithe, 10%, of taking our first fruits and offering that to the Lord. Something is freed within us. The devourer is cut down. Our fields are safe. For you, maybe you don't have a field. Uh, Rachel and I, we've tried the Lord on the field thing by planting some vegetables. We failed. I think that was us though and not God. But in our day, our field is a little different. Our job and our livelihood and who we are. God will bless you in a way that happens when we give first to the Lord. When we first offer our first fruits to Him. In fact, what we read to start our time this morning, right after the worship service. And when we give to the Lord, when we honor the Lord, when we pour out our, our praise to the Lord, even as a cheerful giver, we read, something happens in our life. God loves a cheerful giver, the word would say. And so we can at least start by saying, here's 10%, that tithe that we would give to the Lord, that we're going to give that to God. We're going to give that. And it says the, the storehouse or their local place. And that's why we would, we would preach and teach that the tithe goes to the local congregation. Giving, we can talk about, we'll, we'll get to giving. That's another thing. But the tithe for me, for Rachel, for mom and dad, for many of you, it's just like taxes, I am going to give to the Lord. Now, I'm joyful when I do this. I'm not joyful when I do this. I'm going to be real. But I'm joyful because I get to pour into the things of God and see the goodness of God moved and, and poured out. We get to be here. We get to experience God in a way that we could not if we as a church didn't say, I'm a joyful giver. I'm going to test the Lord in this. And in fact, I would encourage that if you say, I, that's impossible. 10%, how could I even do that if that's not where you are? I want to encourage you to pray, to seek the Lord, to do your own study of the word of God, the, the principle of tithing, of first fruits, of giving, of being a joyful giver. Let God lead you. And I believe that he'll lead you to a place where you say, you know what? I believe there's a blessing that comes when I do this. There's a blessing that I'm not going to receive unless the first fruits, the tithe is given to the Lord. And how it works that 90% is way better than 100, I don't know. But I believe over and over, people that are faithful, that give, they would say, I'm going to tithe. And my 90% will get way farther than my 100 if my 100's for me. Something happens when we give. And I would encourage us to be a joyful giver. Now, another area as we move down this line that I think a lot of times we can neglect is savings. When we think about savings, uh, maybe we think about retirement. Maybe we think about uh, the future. Maybe we think about savings such as, I want to have money put aside so that when something happens, I'm good. I mentioned if my car dies. There's something that's a blessing when I have saved and kept money aside so that if something takes place, like I need a new roof, God is already blessed. He's already poured it out. I'm already prepared because he's used his word to teach me that it's not smart to use everything, but I need to save. Proverbs 21, 20, and lots of others that you could use. 
precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling. What does he say? You're going to have precious oil. You're not going to get rid of it all. In fact, it says, but a foolish man devours it. Savings is vital. It is so important because it takes all the stress off of your finances. It takes stress out of your life that's not meant to be there because if you have precious oil prepared, if you have it ready, then when the, the lamp runs out, you just put it back in. When the, when the need is there, you use it and then you replenish it. And it doesn't come from a now I have to get into credit cards or I have to get into other areas, but it's there. It means that retirement is a blessing because you get there and you say, Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want me to do? Maybe you're someone that has a dream of being a snowbird and moving to Florida, and then you get to pour into two churches, one when you're there and one when you're here. I don't know if that's God's blessing for you, but if it is, that sounds like you get to double up on your kingdom impact. Like God is good. So if you save, you have all the opportunities that are available to you. God can use you. He can guide you. He can show you. When we don't save, then we get to a place in retirement or other spots in our life where we say, well, I guess I'm just going to be doing what I've done because this is what I have. And God will help us. He'll sustain us. We can be there. But I believe God even has better when we say, I'm going to take care of my taxes. I'm going to give and Lord, I'm going to save for the future. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to look to what God has. There's something about realizing that savings takes pressure off of us. But did you notice that we already are at 28%, 38%, we're at 48%, and you start to say, how do I live on under 50%? That leaves lifestyle, right? That leaves your vehicle, that leaves your, your house. Anybody thankful for a house or apartment that you get to live in? So lifestyle in this setup means that I've got a good solid 20, I've got another 15 here. We're just going to stack them up. Like lifestyle, if you did not know, it takes money to live in America. It takes money. And so there's going to be your house payment. There's going to be an uneven floor. Dad, we have to work on that concrete down there. Right? We're going to have all of this that we, we just have to use when it comes to our lifestyle because we have vehicles and we've got homes and we've got the things that we get to be a part of. I mentioned many times in the past, we love House of Japan. Like if we're going to go spend 20 to 25 bucks on a meal uh, at lunch, that's what we do. I say lunch because House of Japan is twice as much at night. So we're like, why would we go at night? We're going to go at lunch because it's half the money. You get the same food, uh, basically, right? But we have all of this. We start to say our lifestyle, it adds up. There's costs that come. There's, there's uh, things that we have to pay for. There's kids. Anybody have children with braces in the house? <sighs> That's not the kind of lifestyle I want, but I do want my kids' teeth to look good. So there's right now $500 a month. We get to pay for braces. Praise God. What a lifestyle. We have all of these things that we have to pay for that are good, that are practical. And when we understand and we pay our taxes, we don't go to jail, that's important. We give to the Lord, we begin to save, we take care of this part. Then all of a sudden I get to start looking and say, Lord, I'm not only holding on by a thread, but Lord, I think, and for Rachel and myself, we actually, we believe that God has called us to tithe, but we love to give. And our prayer and our goal every year is to give at least 15%. So that's what we do. In this season of our life, we give 15% uh, of tithe and offering and missions pledges because we believe that God wants to, us to fund his kingdom. 
you and me. We get to be a part. So in our life, we say, Lord, 10 is good, but you say cheerful giver let your, in your own heart. So we're going to give 15%. I'm not asking you to give 15%. I think the Bible would, would speak a clear 10. But then what's God have you do? Somebody might say, that's all? Our pastor only gives 15%. Well, our goal is 20. We're working on it, right? In other words, I want God to be glorified. But my problem, and maybe yours, this area right here, does anybody struggle with savings? Does anybody struggle with, you know what? If my car breaks down right now, that's not good. You know what? If retirement is here right now, and we then start moving our savings, and we start putting it over here in lifestyle. And when we do this, then this is a huge gap, a huge void that I have to do something with. And when the, the thing comes and when the problem comes, then I start to put it all on my credit card. It all goes into a debt spot. Instead of savings, it's now debt. And when there's debt, we have a choice of do I pay this? We like we have to pay something. Do I pay the minimum payment? Have you ever looked at how long it would take to pay off a credit card? Uh, you wouldn't pay off your credit card. So Lord, now my debt, and all of a sudden I have to start stealing from lifestyle, things I would like to do because I have spent in a way that didn't fit with what I had. And it's easy to get to a place where maybe 10% of my life goes into debt now Savings is no longer a thing. That's just, that's just gone. There's not savings. And so all I'm putting into is debt. And I feel like, Lord, I keep putting money into this, but nothing is happening. There's something that happens. And maybe we even get behind worse. And all of a sudden I say, well, Lord, there's no way I can give this. I have to be able to eat. So I start moving some stuff around and I start to say, well, Lord, I can't even get, so I, I keep moving. And all of a sudden you can see when we don't plan, when we don't prepare, when we live outside of what God would call us to, then all of a sudden I could get where my giving, where what I feel in my heart is what I should do, I'm not doing because there's a battle. The scripture we read, it's so easy to do. And I pray, Lord, no, help us to be a people that we're going to keep you. And maybe I can't do 15. Maybe there's, maybe I can't do 11. Whatever God would call you, maybe 10. But I would ask you to get this pipe, this part of your life. Work yourself where you can say, Lord, what you've called in your word, what the principle of your word, I'm going to test you on it. And if today you say, you know what, I couldn't go to 10%, like there's no way. Well, I'm at least going to ask, could you do two and get the ball rolling and say, Lord, I'm going to go up. But I want to not only say that's fine, but when we test God and when we're serious about what he has, I believe with all my heart, he will help you figure it out. He will make it so all of a sudden this debt can be worked on. He will make it so the debt goes down. And all of a sudden there's a little bit more savings that starts to pop out. And all of a sudden that debt gets covered over and you get to remove it because instead of living over here, you start to say, nope, this is more important. And you start to move your money into savings, into debt. You start to put it over here where now my debt is paid for. And in a real practical way, that means sometimes I might not be able to drive the car I used to drive or the car I want to drive. I thinking about, man, I would love personally to own one of those new sweet Tahoes, the extra long ones. If you looked how much those cost, like 80 grand, 80 grand. That's what I was going to say. You know what? We don't need a new Tahoe. Our Ford Expedition is awesome. It gets the job done. And we could probably drive that baby 
if the Lord will bless us five more years, we can get to 250,000 miles. I would rather do what God's called. I would rather get into savings. My debt's gone. So I can start moving some stuff around. I would rather be obedient to him where then I can say, Lord, you know what? I've, I've wanted to have a heart of giving in a different way. So you know what? I'm not debt anymore. I'm working towards the future and I can even do more in your kingdom than I thought would ever be possible. But if I need my lifestyle to be what gives me joy and happiness and peace, if my house doesn't match a certain mark or my car doesn't match a certain part, if, if this is where I find everything, joy in my life, then I've missed the whole point. I've missed what God wants to do. I've missed how he wants to move in my life. I've missed how he's going to show his goodness and even with less over here so that someday I can say, Lord, I now am in a place where I can bless the kingdom of God, where I can bless a family member or a neighbor, where my car dies and it is not a catastrophe. I just go pay for a new one or get it fixed because I've saved. And all of a sudden we realize, Lord, your principles... It's not only, God, when something bad happens, you're just going to make it happen. But your word has already laid it out. I'm not going to use all the expensive oil. I'm going to have some. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to uh, not give and just hope that every... No, I'm going to give. I'm going to test you and watch blessing be poured out in my life. I'm going to save so that I'm ready and that I'm prepared. Say, I can live over here. And Lord, if I can add on to my house and use it for your kingdom, if... I can even have a boat and take people out and we get to talk about Jesus. I'll tell you what, I will be your biggest fan on a boat if you lead some people to the Lord on your boat. That's what God wants us to do with what he gives us in lifestyle, to use it for the people around us. Then church, we're blessed. Our worry and our anxiety when it comes to finances goes away because God, I'm seeing you move and if something happens, I've got a little nest egg. And my prayer is, as we have to close this service, close this time together, is I want Radiant Life Church, I want us to be those that have been developed, that we're disciples, that we can pour whatever God would call into the God bin of money. But realizing that all of this money is the God bin. Every penny that he would re release in our life is the God bin. So I don't have to say, Lord, this is mine. No, this is not mine. This is yours. And Lord, if I have a house and I've got a car and I've got these things, Lord, would you help me pay those down so that now I'm saving? I have no more interest in my life. I save hundreds of dollars a month more. You have expensive cars, hundreds and hundreds. So Lord, I can do what you've called me to do. And maybe you would call me in a season to take a big step and to, to donate. We've had people in this room that said, we want to see God move and God spoke. In fact, we're going to be talking about some future things and give a large amount, not because they were asked, not because, because God said, and because of that, a church, revived church, they're in a building because one of you was faithful. Not when you were asked, but you felt God speak. And church, when we do money God's way, when we do money God's way, he takes care of it all. And I find often that when we do money God's way, we end up, in a pretty good setup. We end up with a pretty comfortable house. We end up with a pretty comfortable car. He doesn't want us to be broke down on the, road, on the side of the road all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe he calls you to that. Praise God. But oftentimes, have you noticed that people are blessed 
And when they bless, they're able to do. And when they do, God brings it back to them. Give, and it will be given up to, unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over in your life. And I pray that Radiant Life Church, that we would be a people. That we don't go to jail because we pay our taxes. We honor God and we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Starting with this, this principle of tithing, Lord, then I'll do whatever you ask. That we think to the future, we think to our car breaking down, we think to what's going to be. And then that we get to live a good life in a way that whenever God would ask us to do whatever he would ask us, we can say yes. We're not held back. We're not put in, into the back because of something that happens from money. We're not stressing over money because God rules our life and he takes care of us. The day when I think of discipleship, I think money is one of those big, huge things. I think money and our, our mouth, what we say, are probably the two most difficult things. Lord, let us love you with our mouth. And Lord, don't let us ever find our self-worth in the size of my house or my car or my comfort. But Lord Jesus, I'm going to honor you. And as I honor you, the word would say, test me. The devourer won't be able to touch you. Your fields are going to grow. It's going to go well. Do what God calls you to do. Walk the discipleship journey and watch what he does. And today, there's no ask. There's no card. Next week, we're going to talk about missions and we're going to have mission faith promises and I'm pumped about it. Today, I want you to go and to ask the Lord, what am I where I should be? And if we're tithing, but we're still holding on to mine, then Lord, would you take that thought from my heart? I want to give you it all. And it may not even change what you do. I don't know. You might be doing right things, but Lord, it's not mine. It's yours. I honor you. I'm going to start with you. The first money I have, I'm going to start with you and watch as you work in our lives. So Lord, this morning we come before you and we are thankful Lord, we're thankful that your word, that Jesus, you dying on the cross for our healing, our wholeness, Lord, that your word touches on just about every area of life. Lord, we're going to be people who pay our taxes. Lord, we're going to be people who are give and give with a joyful heart that test you even and tithe and, and offering. Lord, we want to be a people that doesn't just spend it all and use all the expensive oil, but Lord, we keep, Lord, so we're ready. We're not fools, but we're wise. And Lord, I'm thankful that in the community that we live in, in the United States of America, Lord, you give us way more than we deserve. Lord, you honor and you bless where maybe we don't deserve at all. And we're thankful for it. Lord, help us to use our lifestyle money, our lifestyle, who we are, Lord, to glorify you. Lord, I pray that those that have nice homes, Lord, that they would use it to bring glory to you. Those that have uh, uh, nice things, Lord, let them use those things to bring glory to you. Those that are struggling today, Lord, I pray that you would give them a, a peace. That if they need to reorganize, God, that they would reorganize their life so that they can find freedom and health in every part of who they are. Lord, we want to be your children, your disciples. We want to be developed to be leaders or to help us in this important area to align with you. Holy Spirit, before we leave, this, the theme this weekend, healing. God, we pray that healing may be in this exact way in our finances and what money means to us and what stuff means to us. Lord, we release those things to you. 
We give ideas and thoughts that are not lined up with your kingdom to you. And God, we put you at the, the top spot. You're the Lord of our life. We make you king, Lord, over our finances, over our time, over our family, over everything, God. So align us, Lord, so we don't have to stress about something that's yours in the first place. But we give it to you. We thank you, Jesus. You are so incredibly good. You're good, God. You're good, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.